0: Salam and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by the Muslim Vibe. As always, I'm Saleem Qasim and I am thrilled this week to be joined once again by Hassam. Yes, you are indeed. Salam, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I haven't seen your uh, face in a long time. Been, we went running like three days ago. Yeah, don't tell anyone that. <laughs> <laughs> Meant to be socially, isolated. no. It was uh, we, we kept two meters apart at all times. It was, a, it was a social distance run. So, social distance so, by the way, did you hear? Did you hear
1: that we should now change it to physical distance because social distancing is is a negative term.
0: Oh, is, so has, it, has it become PC now? It's all become politically correct. It has, it has indeed. We, we should be physical distancing, not socially distancing. Wow. Um, it's quite social, so I think I think it's it's, it's actually a, a good PC point there So wait, does that mean we can't run anymore?
1: No, it just means we need to stay physically apart, but we can stay socializing. But our, soul, I our socializing souls, our souls I, can still was, be one. Um, yeah, but I was shouting quite far because you were so far behind me on that run. That it was <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, let's can, get can back we to the podcast now. Um, yes. So, so. Uh, this week, we're, we're joined by Hafsa Lodi, um, who has written a book about modest fashion. Um, I think we should we probably come in with some disclaimers. Hussam, would you like to start with the disclaimers on your side? Uh, disclaimer number one would be that we are two males
1: essentially interviewing uh, an. I would say an expert since she's written a book and done a lot of primary research on the topic um on female modest fashion um so inherently inherently we are going to come up big word he,
0: he gave me a look like you heard, you heard i said inherently yeah did, did, did you see that i said inherently during the during the conversation you actually um you you actually uh, tried to
1: be condescending towards me because I flopped the way I was trying to explain a point. I find that that's
0: so bad. I really enjoy it. No, it's only you, but it's so that's much so fun. That's why, you're, that's why you're my co-host. <laughs> um, but no, no. Com- coming back to the disclaimer side of things, I think yeah, as Hassan said, like we're obviously two men discussing this. Um, we acknowledge our our privilege, our male privilege, and in, in, in whatever else, and and like, like are, are very aware of the fact that we're talking about women and modesty and fashion and everything else and and, and like ultimately and I, I do mention it near the end of the podcast but like I, i'm very aware of the fact that the struggle for women is always going to be 100 times or 10 times infinitely more than um men's just because women are always judged we live in a in a patriarchal male-dominated society um and yeah like the 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 conversation that we're having is around um, Hafsa's book and the kind of notion of modesty and talking about influence and and all of that kind of stuff, Um, but yeah, we we are aware of of, of the fact that we're men and and we're trying to have a very genuine and honest and and open conversation. Um, So I guess just as like a a kind of apology, if anyone does take offense to anything we say, we're we're trying not to offend but we're also conveying our own personal kind of thoughts and feelings and views um and and uh having a like a, a genuine conversation with Hafsa. is that is that sufficient anything else you'd like to add and and i would also like to go on record uh, in, in apologizing to hassan for um belittling him did i belittle you do you think no 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 no, no? no, no. i don't i, I wouldn't say belittling i you definitely got towards me but it was just more of a trying to be condescending but failing quite miserably. Okay, like you did with the whole running jive earlier. <laughs> Precisely. Okay, cool. So on that note, the score is one all between me and Hassan, and I think we should just uh, get on with the the podcast. Actually, just very quickly before that, um, I mentioned on the last podcast we have launched or we were going to launch a crowdfunding campaign. Um, we wanted to raise a large sum of money to help us kind of sustain what we're doing, but. Um, had to can that because of coronavirus and everyone's going through relatively hard times right now so instead we've kind of gone for the approach of um, asking people to donate a much smaller amount on a regular basis the link will be in the description below but if you are able to and would love to support the muslim vibe to help us continue what we're doing um, then please do so don't shake your head Why? Shameless. It's not shameless. This is the Muslim Vibe podcast and I'm plugging the Muslim Vibe. Please tell me where else I can plug the Muslim Vibe. (laughs) You do you. Thank you very much. All right. Anyways, without further ado, here's our conversation with Hafsa. Uh, So, Salam, Hafsa. Alaikum salam. Thank you very much for joining us on on the podcast today. So, um, I guess for a bit of context, um, you were due to come to London um uh, in april i can't actually remember when it when
2: yesterday went. my flight would have been
0: yesterday yes. <laughs> so 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 you were due to come to, to to london and and do like a series of events talking about um your new book that we're going to talk about today and we were gonna you were going to come to our office and we we're going to record a podcast but obviously coronavirus happened um yeah. and even with our with our podcast we've kind of done a few now where we've been talking about coronavirus and this new reality that we're, we're living but I think we're also slowly people are coming around to the idea that this is now life for we don't know how long maybe the next couple of months but we need to kind of crack on and still everything else is still relevant we still need to have the same conversations yeah. and everything else so I thought you know right now whilst people are sat at home and um still you know these 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 issues still exist essentially um so i think it's it's worth having the conversation and um let's start right from the top so your book is called modesty a fashion paradox um and then it's got quite a long quite a long subheading which is uncovering the causes controversies and key players behind the global trend to conceal rather than reveal uh so starting from the top um uh, where did this project? Where did this idea come from?
2: So basically, in the past five years, we started seeing hijabs on runways, which is crazy. If you've, um, if you're a Muslim or if you've worked in fashion, ten years ago, you never thought you would see a hijabi Muslim woman walking a
0: runway at
2: Paris Fashion Week or New York Fashion Week. So um, this kind of started three or four years ago, and it's it could have been a trend, but it's continued four or five years on uh, different uh, brands like Burberry and uh, Michael Kors and Max Mara all these mainstream western brands are kind of catering to the image of the Muslim woman now which I found fascinating as a Muslim woman who has grown up in the west who now lives in the middle east um, so here I'm kind of surrounded by modest fashion because it's it's part of the cultural fabric of society here you know we see a bias on a day-to-day basis, people cover up more. Um, But living in the West in California, when I was a teenager, modesty was not fashionable at all. It was, I mean, it was frumpy and matronly. These are the words kind of used to describe modesty when it comes to fashion. Modest and fashion were never words that were paired together. So now with kind of modest fashion being this big buzzword um, in the mainstream fashion industry, uh, I found that amazing and like, really as a muslim woman as a fashion journalist thought i have to cover this somehow and a book seemed the best way to do it because there are so many discussion points and different tangents that um are presented by this topic cultural religious industry-wise so yeah that's that's how we came to the book
0: I, i think what's interesting as well is that like we we had a call a couple of weeks ago and we were just discussing the various themes around um fashion and modest fashion And it is a very polarizing um i think area and and there's i think there's there's some fascinating stories and and the fact that for example modest fashion is now a mainstream thing we have a a lot of that is down to the influencers and 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 the models and the people that kind of got into the mainstream industry and, and and fought for this but then there's also a lot of on the other side a lot of criticism that comes their way and everything else and I'm sure that's something that you kind of explore in the book
2: yeah yeah definitely the, the book is definitely not just a glowing review of modest fashion it's a critique about different um aspects of modest fashion probably most importantly how can fashion be modest <laughs>
1: I've got yeah. I've got a question and, on and, that uh, I'm sorry it's you yeah. off to um, but how? how, how... Oh, you can cut me off anytime. Don't <laughs> worry. So. Don't worry, It will happen a few times. Just get used to it. <laughs> That's fine. I'm used to it. Don't worry. Man. Thanks. Um, so, so um, on that note, have you covered any of the idea of how um, where where the money in fashion is? Because um, I think a very interesting point is that uh, the reason why, say, for instance, because modest modest fashion has existed before it became a trend for Muslim women. Yeah. There's there's Jewish women who. Uh, uh, are, are wealthy in, in the western world who yeah. uh, observe modest fashion but haven't really seen their trends following to the mainstream whereas i think for the for yeah. muslim women uh, particularly it's, it has been where the money's at also which is uh yeah. the UAE particularly um uh being a main main area that has influenced yeah. these big brands to see it the muslim market as uh very attractive so what have you have you covered much of that in in, in the De- book
2: definitely so i mean Probably one one of the main reasons why modesty is trending in the mainstream right now is because of this perceived spending power that Muslim consumers have, specifically Muslim consumers from the Gulf. Um, I know in the UK, retailers have started calling the month before Ramadan the Ramadan rush, because that's when all the rich people from Qatar and Kuwait come to the UAE, I mean, sorry, come to the UK, go to Harrods, do all their shopping for, um, for Ramadan when they dress up and you know, host these lavish parties, which, again, is that really part of the spirit of Ramadan? Maybe not. But this is how it's culturally celebrated here. Um, And I know that a lot of uh, these financial projections have come out recently. There's a report called the State of the Global Islamic Economy Report. And uh, the financial projections coming out of there have really... influenced these brands and retailers to start catering to the muslim market i can tell you the latest projection um was muslim spend on apparel and footwear was estimated to be worth 283 billion dollars in 2018 which was a 51 percent increase from 2015. so in three years it more than doubled and then it's projected to go to 402 billion by 2024. so it's like it's a booming global multi-billion dollar industry and everyone is trying to kind of just jump on this bandwagon now to appeal to this demographic. And and like you said, there's Jewish women, there are Christian women, there are men, there are so many people who the modest fashion movement kind of attracts, but it's because of this this perceived Muslim spending power, it's it's kind of that's been the catalyst for this. And that's why all these campaigns are showing hijabi women because that's the image of the they want to attract the Muslim consumer because Arab hey, money hashtag <laughs> <laughs> so, so, gonna,
0: so as wait, as so can as, just, as can I just um no no, 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 I listen, you've done this once. So, I'm I'm gonna interrupt you now. Wow, okay. You know what? So, we, can't yeah. we can't have an on air we can't have an on air argument. Let's argue we have right a guest. Now. I mean <laughs>
1: I'm not in the office to punch you, so
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so um i i think uh, as a as an outsider to fashion and i say that as as someone who who has like a very basic monochrome wardrobe um just because it, it's easy to match things that like i, I mean hussam yeah Husam has we've seen how, I, how the I dress about this before and and we've have discussed this at length um but as someone who's an outsider to all of this um i i think the the perspective is very interesting in that like we see or I've seen, you know, the rise of the uh, hijabi influencer and blogger and, and all of that kind of stuff. And 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 the lines get so blurred where you have people initially being hijabi bloggers who then become modest fashion bloggers. And then, you know, some of them in the past and like one notable one, for example, Dina Tokyo, then took off a hijab. And, and there's I, I think the... The issue for me or one of the concerns for me is that I feel like people, especially in this kind of social media age, become uh, ambassadors, role models. Yeah. They become figures that people look up to. Yeah. Um, and, and especially in this notion of like talking about modesty, the lines are constantly blurred between religion and fashion and, and, and society and everything else. And it becomes very difficult. But I think that uh, like for me at a very basic level, um, it would be good to understand a bit of a background as to who the kind of key influencers slash players are when it comes to, you know, seeing modest fashion on, on the mainstream like we do today. Like one of the things that I've observed from my wife um, is that she tells me a lot of the time that, you know, now when she goes into kind of mainstream shops, she's there's a lot of good, modest um, Operates, clothing, yeah. Which, yeah, which wasn't previously there. And, and I think, you know, we can't um we can't pretend like that isn't down to a lot of these people that have kind of been at yeah. the forefront of this so 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 as a genuine kind yeah. of um outsider who who are the kind of people that have have brought this to light and and, and brought the situation to where it is yeah. today
2: so i think you mentioned social media and i think these muslim fashion bloggers who uh started out on this wearing hijab i think we have to give them a lot of credit because When fashion blogging became a thing, like over the past 10 years, when it started trending um, and women all over the world started just posting pictures of their outfits, Muslim women were not exempt from that category at all. A lot of Muslim women started doing the same thing with their hijab. And most notably, as you mentioned, uh, Dina Tokyo in the UK and uh, Asiya Al-Faraj in Kuwait. These two were kind of the the pioneering modest fashion bloggers. Both both of them covered their hair uh, at the time and both would... Uh, kind of take to YouTube to do these hijab tutorials, how to tie your hair in the, how to tie your hijab in a turban with a bow, or how to, you know, do all these uh, interesting be like make your hijab look like a beanie, like a casual, um, you know, like a hat. So they kind of rose to fame uh, with that, and then as you said, they they slowly started distancing from the word hijab, and then they were kind of modest fashion bloggers. They were covering uh, head to toe maybe sometimes showing neck or ankle, but um, they definitely evolved in their, in their own interpretations of modesty, but these two are probably the main uh, inspirational, as you said, role models or ambassadors of modest fashion uh, in, the, in the fashion blogging industry. And, but by no means are they the only ones. There are millions of Muslim fashion bloggers who wear hijab, who don't wear hijab, Wear their hijab in different ways. Who might show their neck, show ankles, show more, um, but they all kind of identify with whatever definition of modesty that they feel comfortable with, and they all kind of promote. Um, I and mean, you can call it Muslim fashion, but I, I, like I really don't like the word Muslim fashion. It's it's fashion that can appeal to Muslims. Like, how can a fashion be Muslim? It's not really. Um, you can't put a religion on on fashion, right? Because Jewish. I, 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 uh, I
1: think- I think that could be the the issue though i think i think that's when um in my very humble personal opinion i feel like that's that's where
0: humble yeah very humble
1: (laughs) i i mean i've i've worked with with quite a few uh modern fashion brands and i've tried to take um as much of the 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 female perspective on this specifically is a lot of people agree with my personal perspective is that it, it? sometimes when you try and attach the religious aspect to the clothing aspect rather than the modest aspect that i think yeah. the lines become quite blurred because it's like um dressing modestly suddenly has to be attached with dressing as a muslim islamically. Yeah, yeah islamically yeah
0: and i think those but two but things- again uh, so 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 where i would push back on that i think is that a, a lot of a lot of this started out and, and i don't know who called who what but they, you know a lot of these people were hijabi influencers yeah. that's what they were known as yeah. and so intrinsically the hijab but, but they, they is a weren't, piece of they weren't, islamic but they weren't
1: self-titled hijabi bloggers you, you need to understand that they were never self-titled and, and that's the one thing i give credit to people who may have removed their hijab may uh their physical their head head, head scalp wearing um bloggers is that they they never started off saying that and I think I think one thing to understand is us living in the West, we have a very particular idea of dressing modestly. Whereas I think it's important to understand the perspective of people that may be living in the UAE, which is uh, they've grown up within a society that wears wears hijab rather than um, choosing to wear hijab as you're growing up is in, mm-hmm. in that in that scene. It becomes much more a thing of um, it Style. starts off as a culture. It start, yeah, it starts off as a style or a culture yeah. rather than it's a decision that you make as, as you come to yeah. age to wear a, yeah, yeah. a head covering to be uh, closer to God, basically. And I think, I think yeah, that's yeah. that's the very important factor which I've seen a lot of people slate these bloggers for um, yeah, yeah. is based off that, that idea that, oh, uh, but they're being un-Islamic. Um, whereas you need to understand, I, I, and, I and I speak this mainly because i followed the story of asia and kuwait is and tried to understand that narrative is look that she grew up in a place where uh everyone at a certain age where's 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 it if, if you if you come from a traditionally muslim household um and so in that, in that space it's never a decision of oh am i wearing this to be close to god it's Oh, this is the time where you have to put it on. It's part of the culture. It's part of what we do. Um, and so, in that sense, it's it's it becomes much more understandable that someone may choose may never have chosen to make that decision uh, because they feel like this is definitely a pillar of my faith. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that is that is that something that you would agree with? I think disagree? You're right.
2: Um, yeah, I think you're right. And I haven't actually thought about it like that before. But yeah, in the Middle East, definitely, it's it's part of. Um, and that's where you see a lot of these, a lot of locals in the Middle East, they, they wear the shayla or the, the head covering with the abaya quite loosely. And oftentimes it shows a lot of their hair. And then when they travel, they don't wear it. So it's, you know, in the airplane, they take it off. So it's, it's interesting. I mean, this is not speaking for everybody at all, but just a few women, I've witnessed this. So it is definitely more cultural. Whereas in the UK, um, so I lived in London a year, so I've also witnessed this. Um, and I have a lot of hijabi friends in London shout out imperial college a lot of them went there i was at SOS, mm-hmm. but, um, and i noticed many many of these women these young women they wear hijab whereas their mothers and grandmothers had never worn hijab it was not something enforced in their families at all it was something that made, they made the calculated decision based on their own research and understanding of religion that they wanted to start covering their hair so i think it definitely carries more weight in uh when when women make their own choice to cover their hair it definitely carries more weight and a lot of people get more emotional and passionate then about when what they should be kind of perceived at, at on social media. They, are they a role model? They're an ambassador for the faith. And if they take it off, then it becomes so controversial because they put themselves out there on this public platform, advocating uh, faith and hijab. But I think I think the discussion goes so much further than this. I think it's really unfair to kind of um, beat these women up, you know, for for taking their hijabs off and for their own, I think, as as a Muslim woman myself, who doesn't cover her hair, but who's gone through different um, levels of modest dressing in the past. I know at one point I thought, maybe I'll start hijabs. So I started wearing long sleeves. I started wearing looser clothes. Each woman kind of has her own journey or evolution um, determining what that is for her and what that means and what's demanded of her, whether it's from her family, her faith, her society. There's so many kind of different um different definitions and levels of like there's i'd like saying modesty is a spectrum and you fall somewhere on that spectrum
0: 100%. Yeah. i i think i think one thing that's definitely worth um pointing out and noting is that both me and husaim are men um which <laughs> which means that i i think no no like it's an important point because we're obviously sitting here discussing hijab and you mentioned you know talking about women who have taken off the hijab and judging them or whatever and it's 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 uh, i 100% you know feel that it, everything is, is, is a woman's own choice to do what she wants to wear what she wants and whatever else um but like th- these conversations I, I think what's important is that the, the, they're being had and like whether whether yeah. we like it or not women are being judged at kind of every level and i, I think yeah. also it, it if we if we kind of zoom out a little bit further and look at the the, the kind of treatment of women I think in society on a broad level, historically, there's always been a view towards sexualizing women and women's bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, outside of fashion, outside of everything, like literally watch TV adverts, for example, from the the 1950s and 60s, women were like just their job was to stay at home and look after their husbands and whatever else. And when they were portrayed, it was always in that kind of um, very sexually appealing way and whatever else. Um yeah. So I, I feel like when you when you now fast forward to modern day and we have this notion of modest fashion, um, it's it's very, uh, I think it's very positive that, yeah. you know, women can choose to cover up. And actually, it's trendy yeah. to do that. And there isn't this kind of push towards oh, you should be showing more skin. You should be doing this. Yeah. You should be doing that. Um, I think that's, that's what's, I think. Yeah, sorry. No sorry I was just going to say that I think that for me fundamentally there is still this one kind of underlying issue and if we kind of approach it from a semi sort of uh, Islamic perspective um, and and, and again this isn't limited towards beauty and sexuality but also generally social media this notion of, of ego and self and like you know, putting up, even posting selfies. I mean, Hussam loves a good selfie, let's be honest, but he shouldn't, you know, I I think there is, it it is very possible to kind of get lost in all of that. So on the one hand, you've got great positivity in terms of what modesty and modest fashion has has kind of brought, but then it's like how we promote that and how we push that forward often is very kind of um, image focused, if that makes sense. Yep, I agree and and I answer. personally, so I personally find that to be almost a little bit counter uh, intuitive yeah. when it comes to like an Islamic perspective. Yeah. So it, it before, before I, before I let you jump in, I want to hear <laughs> Hussam's thoughts because, because me and him always disagree on this kind of stuff.
1: Uh, what would you want my thoughts on specifically? Because I, I, I feel like it, it, it's, um it goes without saying that this, um uh, it's, it can be seen as a, yeah, what, what 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 Draw my thoughts on specifically.
0: Tell me. So so the 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 last thing I just said about um, modest fashion being almost counter-intuitive. Uh, yeah. Um, from like an Islamic perspective.
1: Yeah, I think I think it goes back to my my earlier point is that, I mean, I know in the in the in the notes that you'd sent me over, I, something that just came to mind as I was just saying my point earlier is, it's very interesting that. Um, it's, it's a blogger like Dina Tokyo that's coined the phrase Haram police uh, and I think I think and I think it's it's very telling of the society that we live in in I would say very mainly Europe and, and the United States where it's we Im- we somewhat subconsciously impose an idea that um, modesty suddenly means you you have to inject the Islamic values that we all hold into the the modest aspect um and and that's why we suddenly criticize a lot of a lot of this thing and and i think i'm very much becoming that person to say that modest fashion is uh as a separate thing entirely to to islamic values and islamic modesty um and and so i i I think i'm gonna i think i've just made the decision right now that i'm I'm, okay i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: uh, uh, groundbreaking
1: i'm gonna not allow you to bring the two together because i feel like it it just it it's something that we do as as british and american and european muslims where we suddenly and and if you look at the middle east it's it, it's a totally different thing and and um and it is it is definitely because we see it we see it within ourselves in uh as men we can we can say it about you know other aspects of our lives as muslims where we're judged when our let's say our British, our British, um, side of us, we do something suddenly, Oh no, you can't do this because it it, it disagrees with your assignment side. But it's like, we've, we've learned this growing up in the UK, whereas someone that might have grown up somewhere else may have a totally different perspective. And so I think that, that also Mm. applies to to modest fashion It's, um, you know, it's, I think you can only apply it to when people are capitalizing off, uh, the the I don't know the the showing of skin or uh, being uh, immodest in terms of personality and that kind of thing that you can really say uh, that it's contradictory. What are your thoughts have?
2: Yeah, interesting. So I think um, I think you have to look at intention uh, as with anything Islamic, you know, intention is key, and I think a lot of these um, women, particularly the early on on, the ones early on, their intention to start blogging with their hijab in a world where the hijab is the symbol of terror and fear in the West. I think their intention was very much to shed a positive light on um, the appearances of Muslim women, to make Islam look more relatable and approachable and show that Muslim women can be stylish and fashionable and look like they're contributing members of society just as much as any other woman. So I think that was, that was great. And I think I I know you want to separate Islam and modest fashion, but I think in those early blogging days, they weren't separate. They were very much um, together. Islam is what inspired these women to to do this. And now I think yeah as social media as instagram and everything has blown up out of proportion it's become like a race for selfies and who has more likes and followers and uh, of course when people become narcissistic and ego and fame driven uh, those really aren't islamic principles uh and they're not really principles that go well sit well with modesty and being humble at all so i see there's a there's a definite there's a definite clash here um with modesty and fashion with modesty and islam and fashion so yes um it definitely depends on intention but it also a lot of these women um there's one who i interviewed her name's syrah she's a canadian uh fashion blogger and she said she wears her hijab in the in the turban style that trendy turban style with a bow and she says that I'm not, I didn't set out to be an ambassador of Islam. I set out to show my style on Instagram and to show that, she's a travel blogger as well, to show that women can go travel alone and have fun with their lives, adhering to Islamic principles. But I'm not a, I'm not a Muslim, uh, I'm not your Muslim role model. Like, that's her kind of thing. And you're right about a lot of them never set out to be this Muslim or hijabi role model. They're just showcasing their lives and their style. It's us as Muslims who project this onto them. That oh, you have to, you know, be at this certain standard because you wear the hijab. You're um, representing all of Muslims for the world. You can't do this blogger trend of sitting on a hotel bed in a robe with a towel on your head. You know, like we get we get carried away as judges often. Um,
1: so yeah, I, th- I, think I think to I... to clarify, I think I think that's essentially that. Maybe I, I didn't say it in the best way, but I think you've you've clarified very well. My point is that if they're not talk, when I said when I meant personality, I think what I meant is when they're not talk. If if, if a blogger doesn't choose to talk on on faith issues or Islamic issues or uh, represent themselves as a Muslim figure, then we should judge them as muslim figures but but
0: but, yeah. but so so i i get that i get that but i think the f- from from my perspective like the the one gripe that i have is that yes uh, you know in this age we don't necessarily choose to be role models or influencers I, I mean you're choosing to be an influencer which means you're influencing people and you're growing your audience people will naturally look up to you that's that's inevitable right like if, if you're putting yourself out there and saying oh i'm a photographer i'm a journalist i'm this i'm that people are going to look at your stuff and be like, I want to be like this person. You will naturally be a role model. And I think whilst obviously, you know, you have that autonomy to be who you want to be. You don't have to conform to anything. You don't have to like, you know, pretend to be the Sheikh's son or daughter just because you're seen as a Muslim influencer. But I still feel like there's an element of responsibility on your shoulders, whether you like it or not, yeah. that we have. And and, and if we, if we uh, take that on like a micro level, it's like, you know, if you are an older brother or sister or an older cousin in the family and you have younger kids that look up to you, you can't be like, oh, I'm just living my best life. Like who who are you to look up to me? I didn't choose for you to be, for, for me to be your role model. Like people are going to look up to you. And so that's where I think there is always that responsibility. And, and, and I'm not saying like, it's easy. I'm not saying it's wanted or whatever, but we have to acknowledge the fact that it is gonna happen, it is inevitable. And so there is some sort of responsibility. I, I, disa- I, feel. I disagree. I disagree. Of course, you. Have, I have a second point to make. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll so, no, the, the 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 second thing I wanted to say was that just Hafsa, when you were talking earlier, I think it is it is very interesting and important to to note, as you did, that. Times have changed. And I think why there's so much conflict right now is that you're right in that initially there was this kind of counter narrative that was required to showcase Muslim women as not being oppressed, as being liberated, as being free, as being free spirited and fashionable and everything else. And and Islam and their Muslim identity was intrinsically tied into that. But now we're in this very weird transitionary phase, which is why there's so much conflict in the conversation. Yeah where we're not yet out of that and we're not into the new era of okay i'm a modest person but i'm also muslim i'm a modest fashion um influencer but i'm also muslim but the two aren't one and the same and and and, and what's interesting is that a lot of the conversations that we have on the muslim vibe and a lot of the content that we put out is about this kind of clash of civilizations and and this clash of like the old world versus the new and we're still transitioning. We're yeah. still going through so many changes. I mean, the fact that we're sat here, sorry to bring up coronavirus, but the, the fact that we're sat here having this conversation remotely, as opposed to in the TMB office, just shows how rapidly things can change. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so there is still, a, and I think this is something that's really important for me personally, is that like, we're all still very much adapting to the new world. Um, and the new world is constantly being shaped. And so yes, people are going to make mistakes. Um, you know there are gonna be so many different yeah. iterations of of what we wanna see the future as until we kind of find something that we're comfortable with but ultimately it's it's just gonna be like an ongoing journey and I think like even with the book that you've written and and we had uh Hossein Kesvani on a couple of podcasts ago, and he was talking about like the digital space online um his yeah. book was called follow me aki I haven't and what was interesting yeah. you have yeah, so what was in interesting them, is yeah. like a, a, a like it's been almost a year since he published it and he's like it almost feels like a relic now like it's so dated yeah. like tiktok isn't mentioned because it wasn't around right yeah. and and we can only ever so even with your book there's like there's only so much we can do and as soon as you publish it it becomes dated i'm not saying people shouldn't read the book i'm sure <laughs> it's a great book <laughs> but you know what i mean like yeah. it, it's very difficult to because current is constantly evolving yeah. um sorry Hosam, i i didn't let you interrupt no, no, no! You were going to say no, something.
1: No, you, you followed a very good trail with that. Um, I, I actually think I've forgotten
0: the point that I interjected on. Oh, that's 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 what I like <laughs> to achieve. So I've I've done my job. I
2: think I think uh, just going back and um, you you were saying something that you have a, a kind of a responsibility. You kind of hinted on that. You like as a Muslim woman, you kind of have this responsibility if you're putting yourself out there on social and, media. And too.
0: a man? No, and a man. Like, oh, yeah, not yeah, just it's just women. Yeah, an, for anyone. sure.
2: For sure, as a if you're so I think that becomes heightened when the hijab is involved because the hijab is okay. this marker of faith and this the hijab is this thing. So when researching for the book, I came across this term, visibly Muslim. So if if a woman wears the hijab, she's visibly Muslim. Whereas a woman who doesn't wear hijab, like me, if I'm walking down the street, you can't. If I'm in the states, you don't know it. Like is she Mexican? Is she Latina? Is she Persian? Is she Muslim? You know. But if you're wearing a hijab, uh, you're Muslim, and a lot of these women interviewed in the book who are in this sphere, social media, modest fashion, designing, um, they they also believe that, no, if you are wearing the hijab and you leave the house, you're an ambassador of the faith and you have a responsibility to, um, to kind of depict that in all of your, your motions and how you live. And um, so I think in the realm of modest fashion that, yes, we often give these women who wear hijab, we give them that role like ambassadorship, but oftentimes they don't want it and oftentimes they they know that they have it as well they they are kind of but, living but, up to that yeah
0: I guess I guess for, for an element of balance like even as a Muslim man I don't know how Hassan feels because he often goes by Dave when he's out in public <laughs> but um, as a as a visibly Muslim man with a beard um, I, I feel the same sense of responsibility and duty because I'm thinking no, that don't. like people me, are good what do you mean no me, I don't you cannot say that you yeah. cannot say that no, no, no beard what, what do you mean? Not, I can't say that.
2: I can't. No, but I don't think you can compare the beard to the hijab because, like, the whole hipster trend, like all these the, anyone anyway, uh, any guy. No,
0: I'm not comparing. No, 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 no uh, I, I'm not comparing. Uh, but what sorry, I mean can, is, can I, interject... I, I'm, I'm not trying to equate the two. Can I finish my point go very go, go quickly? Go, go. I'll give you ten seconds. Then issue. So what I'm saying is that when if someone knows I'm Muslim, for example. I, I do feel that kind of responsibility that if I wrong this person, if I whatever, that I, th- there is like this kind of perception of Muslims and Islam and whatever else that will come with it because we have such a bad rap in, in society. Sorry, Hassan, go for it. Yeah,
1: um, I, I, I essentially was, was uh, the point I was earlier going to interject on was essentially in support of your, your point that you've just made, so, which is um, that being visibly uh, Muslim is, is it visible? Did you say visibly Muslim? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's essentially where I think even subconsciously as a man, I feel that we all hold and I, and I, I honestly would challenge the, the, the point that Salim made early on as within male circles, within male, uh, industries, that is a common thing to say, but I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree because I think it's, uh, it's, it's a very different thing when it comes to women and hijab. And I think... Um, uh, I'd, oh, no, it's definitely heightened. It's, it's 100% I, I heightened. Women are held
0: to a much higher standard, 100%. I'm exactly, not denying that for a for second. That,
1: and for that reason, I think it is, um, it is totally wrong of us to try and say that there is a responsibility to be held as Muslims when you're out doing whatever it is you do. If it's working in fashion... Whether it's working in any industry to say, "Oh, you, you're suddenly a representative of your of Islam," because um, first of all, that I think that that that's an encouragement for women who feel like they sh- don't want to talk on Islam to suddenly take off their hijab. Um, and it suddenly gives, gives women who are Muslim, but don't wear the hijab, the freedom to do whatever, to to feel like, you know, they, they have more than a woman who wears hijab and it's the same for men. And, And, and the reason I disagree is football is a, is a perfect example. We don't say, oh, uh why 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 hasn't mo salah spoken about islam on uh this week on, on on liverpool and why
0: hasn't this other footballer spoken on islam and but 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 hang on but but at the same time mo salah got heavily criticized yeah. when he did a gq yeah. cover with yeah. a with yeah. a a, a non hijabi model 100%, 100%. and and she had her hands on him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. so, the, okay, so, but, so, so I, I think, think
2: non hijabi just a woman who wasn't his wife cuz cuz he's married right like, it wasn't just that she, yeah,
0: yeah but, but I, I think just to just to kind of um, come back to what Hasan saying, so look, I I feel that uh, given and, and and bear in mind the context of this for me is all post nine eleven. Like literally post yeah. 9-11 is what's, is what's shaped yeah. the reality that we live in. Since that time, there has been this microscope on the Muslim community. So I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life where uh, I I used to play tennis um, and my tennis coach and like we, basically my house is right next to a tennis club. So my family, we've, we've all played there, whatever. And and the coach knows like my dad, knows my mom, my sister, everyone. And, and he told me one time that he was, and he, so he knew us really well. And he told me one time that he was in a pub and someone was bad-mouthing Muslims on like a, another table or whatever. And he basically went over and was like, do you know any Muslims? Cause I do, I know this family, they're the most amazing family I've ever met. Obviously my family's incredible, like that's implied. <laughs> but like, you know, he was like, these guys are amazing. Like, you know nothing about Muslims, blah, 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 whatever. Like the reality is that had, I, had we been really horrible to him, he wouldn't have done that. He wouldn't have stepped in, right? And I know I'm not saying that, oh, now you know we have to do everything just so that someone is gonna randomly defend a Muslim in a pub. But ultimately there is this huge microscope and there is this huge perception around Muslims, especially from people that have never encountered Muslims. So I feel like if you're gonna have that one interaction with someone, if someone's gonna see you and you're nice, respectable, whatever, okay, I think that's a good thing. But if you're rude, loud and obnoxious, that's ultimately gonna hurt Muslims as a whole. And, and I know it's, it, it's a lot to ask everyone to kind of be the, the model citizen, but I, I, I do feel quite strongly that, that there is this responsibility on all of our shoulders.
2: So, bringing this back to modest fashion, in a way...
0: Yeah, sorry. Also, <laughs> we're getting, we're getting <laughs> sidetracked.
2: <laughs> bringing it back to women and modest fashion, um, look at how Muslim women have been painted in the mainstream media as, like, this uh, this one, you know, tent, you know, a woman enveloped in a tent, like a sheath of just black or blue burqa. And I think in that sense, um, like you're saying, there's, you know, we need to... Muslim, Muslims are under a microscope and having modest fashion I know it has many paradoxes and this whole social media and selfies and there's all these potentially negative um, aspects of this topic but just no. having a Muslim women who look stylish well put together and kind of up to par with mainstream standards, but still covering their skin and still kind of adhering to basic principles of modesty in Islam. In that sense, this movement is an extremely positive one. Um, it's really showcasing 100%. how you know we're all. Yeah, it, I think, and I think that's kind of one of. I mean, that's not one of the micro messages in this book, but that's kind of like the overall theme, is that? Would look, you? W-
0: w- sorry sorry to cut you off but would you go so far as to say this is a form of modern day dawah
2: i would yeah i would and i know there are some some women i spoke to um who like there's a, a brand called abaya addict in the states she was actually so her name's diana khalil the designer she actually started the brand in the UAE, but then realized that 70% of her orders were coming from the U.S. So she moved to the U.S. to move the brand there. And she says that this is, her whole brand is uh, is Dawa because it's giving um, Muslim women these functional, practical. A lot of her garments are also targeted as uh, targeted as maternity wear or breastfeeding friendly garments like they have zips in the dresses and stuff. So they're very um, they're not just clothes that cover your body, she thinks about the women's, uh, you know, needs and requirements when it comes to fashion. So I think definitely it, it puts this positive, fashionable style spin on the image of the Muslim woman, um, even so for non-Muslim women, there's another woman I interviewed. Her name's Wafika Azim. So she's a hijab wearing model in New York. And she said that, you know, everyone used to look at me as, you know, most hijabi women are seen as barbaric and Represented this patriarchal barbaric religion, but when she's been in public doing photo shoots with her hijab on, non Muslims come up to her and say, Oh, wow, you look so beautiful! and they give her these compliments, and that kind of that's also dawah, you know, like a modern dawah, in my opinion and in her opinion. (laughs) But what do you think,
0: Hassan? Actually, same question to you. I want to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Uh, I would, uh no, I don't know if I disagree, but I would say that it's that were in as
0: much as being
1: a good human being in public yeah, is dawa, and yes, I think and I don't yes, think it, it yeah. I don't think it particularly stands out as any uh, any particular type of dawa. But I do think that even it's going back to your level. yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it's it's da'wah
2: quite, very yeah
1: yeah yeah, and and I think going back to the earlier. Earlier point in terms of um, uh, whether we are representing our faith is that we and, and the the story that you said, Salim, is I think you you should look at the idea of oh I shouldn't be well. This may be just a personal perspective, but I just feel that we shouldn't be going out saying oh I'm representing Islam, so I should be a good be good person. It's I. am a good person, and in that sense, I am promoting Islam around me. So,
0: hundred percent, so, I don't yeah. disagree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So, yeah. just just to clarify that, and I think I think in in that regard, um, I feel women should should feel free to to um, dress dress as they want and join
0: join the fashion industry and 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 do. That's so that's so generous of you. And. To to allow them to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sam, on behalf Thanks. of all the women listening.
1: <laughs> Thanks for picking up. I'm i not the most, I'm not as eloquent as Salim, but <laughs> but <laughs> what I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is, um, I think I think I'm in I'm in such support of um what we have going on right now in in the in the fashion industry and the way things are changing for the better, uh, and I and I'm in support of it, and I think um. Uh, and I think you're right. That is definitely promoting Islam in a very positive light, and I think it's definitely attracting people that may never had been exposed uh, to Islam uh, are now and are now doing so. So, um,
0: so, so I, I guess I guess with that, just just as as a sort of final final talking point, um, with regards to you know the. the the influx of of hijabi and Muslim um, modest fashion models and everything else how how has this impacted the industry um, in terms of you know the, the the unique concerns like wanting female teams and female makeup artists and everything else like is this being facilitated is is, is the mainstream receptive to this what's the future um, for so individuals I,
2: so um. So with this, there's been two, like, with uh, modest fashion entering the mainstream, there has been, number one, the rise of hijabi models, and number two, the rise of modesty-themed fashion weeks. There's been Modest Fashion Week in Amsterdam, in Indonesia, in Dubai, in London, um, in Miami, and uh, one more, Istanbul. So those Modest Fashion Weeks often uh, use hijabi models and sometimes don't, uh, and It's interesting because obviously there aren't that many hijabi models out there yet. It's still an up-and-coming kind of industry for hijabi women who are still kind of exploring this opportunity. Um, But there have been a few uh, agencies dedicated specifically to modest women that have come up over the past few years in London, it's, uh, there's Ummah Models, which is an agency that represents uh, modest women, including hijabi women. And in the US, there's Under Wraps, uh, which is uh, serving the US market. And so these agencies have kind of helped uh, modest women, hijabi women to, it kind of gives them a safe space where they can explore opportunities in the fashion industry. Because in the mainstream industry, in runway shows, when you when you walk down the catwalk, and you walk back, you oftentimes take off your clothes and change in full view of everybody in backstage into your next garment. There's not often privacy or anything. And in photo shoots, oftentimes um, the makeup artists and the photographers in your case are are males. And some some hijabi women are not comfortable with that. Not all, some. So they are kind of, they can have in their modeling contracts these stipulations that I don't want a male makeup artist to work with me, I want an all female set I need a private changing area. So this is definitely not a mainstream thing yet, but it is becoming a mainstream uh, thing with the help of these mod- mod- uh, modeling agencies. Um, oh, yeah. There are also Sam, some. That- Sam, you're going
0: yes. to be out of a job soon. I'm sorry, just.
2: No, Fashion <laughs> photography is actually historically a male-dominated field. Um, so, yeah, it's and even makeup artistry, many assume all makeup artists are women, but there are a lot of men, uh, male makeup artists. And this was actually a point of contention when Halima Aden, she covered Vogue Arabia in 2017. She was the, the first hijabi model on a cover of a mainstream magazine. And in the cover shoot, there's someone putting makeup on her. So like there's you can see a brush out of out of the corner putting makeup on her. And it's actually a male makeup artist. His name's Hung Van Gogh. He's like a very popular makeup artist. So this is a point of controversy among some critics that oh she has she's hijabi but she's having this male put makeup on her. So yeah there yeah (laughs) interesting
1: interestingly um as as uh, a fashion photographer I've uh, and in support because I literally was in that situation where I was working with a hijabi wearing model who uh the 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 client had brought in a male makeup artist and uh yeah and she was she was she wasn't uh she was okay with him doing her makeup um but she just was to, uh, you could see that she was not expecting it to be a man basically yeah. but in support of any woman who does work in the fashion industry and that kind of thing um i've i've worked for many more years in in the mainstream fashion industry and um primarily primarily in male men's fashion but i have worked uh, on some female fashion um shoots and and uh it although you do say on some runways, yeah, women get dressed in front of everyone, but there are non-Muslim women who definitely don't, don't adhere to any of that, where I've been on a fashion shoot where a woman has said, I want, I need a private space to get changed and whatever, whatnot. That's and it, and the client has never taken issue with that. And so I think, I think for, for Muslim women that feel like they may be causing an issue by asking or asking for these kind of things, I think it's totally fine. I mean, at uh, the uh, end of the day, a client, a photographer wants uh, any, any, a person participating in the shoot to feel comfortable and so yeah. you should never feel like you're, you're you're causing an issue by asking for these kind of things um and these stipulations in your contract i think i think it it it's worked very fine on the shoots that i've worked with and i'm and, and i think women should women as a whole should should feel like they're comfortable um exactly. on a fashion shoot so so yeah. yeah so i think i think um i think there is a lot of positivity uh on on the fashion uh in the fashion yeah. space when it comes
0: to this stuff
2: yeah,
0: definitely. um Well, I I think that's that's uh, we have covered quite a lot. Um, it, it's been quite a wide ranging and and at times random conversation. But those are sometimes <laughs> always, Hapsa, always Hapsa, the best. J- no, J- like have was there something you were gonna say on? Oh,
2: there's. Like I, I was gonna things.
1: ask her. If, if you <laughs> <me>. <laughs> she was about to say something. You cut her off.
2: Know, Sorry, go on. I mean, so it's interesting. I'm sitting with two men, and you don't want to talk about male modesty. <laughs> 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 <This
0: is insane. laughs> we'll, we'll save we'll save that for another podcast uh, no but but like like i I, met, I did mention at one point in the conversation like i i think and, and we'll probably mention it in the kind of introduction as well like the, the the fact that we're two men discussing this is is from a position of privilege and, I, and and we both definitely acknowledge that like we have these kind of conversations in the office as well and we discuss these things and and like being in this space as well you you kind of see the full spectrum like i i have my my quite strong views at times with regards to um you know being role models and whatever else but that's not gender specific like i i definitely acknowledge and appreciate that the struggle for for women is is 10 times harder than men it always is it always will be because there is added um pressure and expectation because we live in a male-dominated patriarchal society um and 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 so like these come yeah please go on i was just gonna ramble
1: as as a as a as a photographer, um, I'm going to just plug myself here. I just uh, end of end of last year, I had done a, a an exhibition primarily on Muslim women, and I was uh, somewhat jumped by a journalist at the exhibition where she said, "What?" Uh, what credit do you have as a man to be doing a exhibition about, uh, that is is somewhat surrounding uh, Muslim women? And, uh, <laughs> and 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 I, and I guess it's a it's a valid point, but we we need to understand that it's like you're in the sense that it is uh, traditionally a male industry, um, and it's about where 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 the male head is at when it comes to these things, um, and it, and is and. And you're very right in that. You know, there there are situations where where now modest women are coming into this space. There's such a um, a complexity in trying to understand how how this all works. And I, and I'm sure your book, um, although it's some it should be on its way to the office right now, but because of coronavirus, has not
0: reached? Been... So, so we don't actually know whether. No, we haven't got it. Like, is in I don't know where it is, <laughs> and and we're not allowed oh, to go to the office to look oh, for my... it.
2: Oh, okay, it's probably at the. Office. <laughs> Okay. Hope hopefully, it. yeah.
0: No, this is, yeah. It, it, we'll 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 uh, we'll find we'll make, it in six to twelve we'll sure months once we we're it. out of lockdown. We'll make sure we read it and um, <laughs> right.
1: definitely um definitely believe that these kind of books are essentially what help the conversation and steer the conversation in the right direction with very good research and um uh, and and you've spoken to a lot of very credible sources as well. So so yeah. So I think I think that, that your books like yours are very important and um
0: uh, and I think you're definitely helping the conversation thank you so much well thank you very much for, for joining us and, and inshallah you do get to, to come to the UK yeah. and do that tour and do all the events and we yeah. can meet face to face as well um, that would be great then
2: we can have a follow up on how male modest fashion <laughs> <laughs>
0: then, we, then we can do our part 2 on yeah. male <laughs> modest fashion uh, sounds good <laughs> alright take care thank
2: you
0: so Hassan so salim i realized every time i do an outro it's always so Hassan. um <laughs> <laughs> so anyways um that was our conversation how 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 did you find it did you cut out sorry i didn't hear exactly what you said I, say I again just said how did you find it oh is that what you said okay
1: okay cool yeah, uh, it was very informative. Um, I think it's it's definitely a positive thing that we're seeing more people talk and do some very in-depth research on these topic areas. And I think um, uh, Hafsa I think, is definitely adding a lot of positivity to the conversation. Um, and a very interesting points raised raised by you. Uh oh, thank you. Very good research.
0: Yeah, yeah you done well this time. <laughs> I, I think what's what's for me one of the big takeaways was was a I mean ironically a point that I made but it came in light of the conversation that we were having, which was just that we're going through this um, transitionary phase, and so naturally, uh, like there are going to be a lot of there is going to be a lot of conflict if you know what I mean in the way that people perceive all of this and and i don't think we've yet found that kind of equilibrium and that like place where people are comfortable and acknowledge and accept this for what it is um and, and it's it's constantly I don't, I don't evolving think, i don't think we have a i don't think we have a because you're right it is constantly evolving
1: i think um i mean it's existed in the fashion in the mainstream fashion and I, you know what i hate even calling it mainstream mm. because we're, we're we are mainstream i'm sorry newsflash um <laughs> we are, we are mainstream so you know, you know people click when they approve yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh. so so um, in the non non muslim uh, world we uh we, we we see these conversations occur at the same time you know it's mm. it's how how do, you, how, do you, how are uh, people treated in the right way how are they comfortable on set uh, how do we treat people respectfully and that kind of thing and how do we represent ourselves in a in a positive light and i think i think we we are seeing an extension of that with with uh, the modest i know we disagree on some some points when it comes to how we should you know uh, represent ourselves and the, the the phrases we use and you know what that means and whatever whatnot but mm. ultimately i think i think uh we are definitely having a positive conversation by talking on where we should stand in the fashion industry and where the the, the blogger is when it comes to Muslim people.
0: Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think we should we should end there. What do you think? Yeah, this spam with me it was a good good final ramble. Oh, I just realized I wasn't recording your audio. We might have to record this again. I'm sorry. From the beginning of the intro, uh, you know what? It's fine. Uh, it's always better the second time. I'm joking, Hassan. You think I'm that amateur? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got your audio. Don't worry. I wish, I wish, I wish you had said more. You just did a face like you were disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's, uh, I, I think yeah, let's call it a day there thank you very much cool. uh, thank you for listening please subscribe um, and join our Facebook group the TMV podcast group which I don't think Sam's joined yet but I'll, I'll get him to join it straight after this and then we can have like conversations about the podcast I guess um, but yeah alright take care guys stay safe